Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are looking or listening to us. And thank you for being uh, in another episode of Material Business. Today is a very special day. I have a, a great speaker with uh, every one of us, Dr. Fuad Hoshnau. He holds a distinguished position as a senior academic and research at the DeMont University, DMU, in the United Kingdom, especially in the School of Engineering and Sustainable Development. He obtained his PhD in Mechanical and Manufacturing Engineering from the Lockmore University in the UK in 2010. Dr. Hoshnau's uh, educational journey began with a Meralogical Engineering degree, so he is Another metallurgical engineer, just like myself. <laughs> and then he did his master's and his PhD at the Technical University in Baghdad, Iraq. And then he later, um, he was recognized as the Chevin Scholar, having successfully completed the business-focused program on technology transfer and commercialization of innovation at the Center of Scientific Enterprise Limited in London Business School in London. Then, from 2010 to 2016, he held the prestigious position of Professor and Dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the Koja University in Iraq. In 2019, he served as a visiting professor of two months period at the Mons University in Belgium. In the most recent academic year, 2021-2022, he assumed the role of subject head of science, engineering, and computing at the DMO and DMU, sorry, Dubai campus. Dr. Hoshnau has a remarkable publication record, having authored over 50 papers in prestigious international journals and conferences with high impact factors. Additionally, he served as editor of six books, showcasing his expertise and leadership in his field. His extensive research experience revolves around key areas such as corrosion, mining materials, welding, failure analysis, and fracture mechanics. The contributions in these domains have significantly advanced our understanding and knowledge of these critical areas of study. Thank you for being here with every one of us. Thank you very much, um, Monica. And that's, it's my pleasure to be here with you and talking about corrosion, other topics about sustainability. Actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes we think those, you know, those terms of sustainability are for other people. And the more we talk with experts around the globe, the more that we realize is not the case. We also play a big role, a huge role, I will say, uh, in all this, in all this transition and uh, what the, what are we leaving for the next generations to come? So without further ado, <clears throat> you have addressed corrosion challenge related challenges in your extensive research experiences and academic experiences. Could you share a real world case where the early detection of corrosion played a crucial role, preventing maybe some kind of a disaster or something unwanted? And how did that tackle down the role of material selection? 
Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me for materials business session. I hope it will be useful for the audience. When we when we talk about corrosion, let's go back somehow uh, to the principles of corrosion. It's uh, it's exists for uh, all the time everywhere, and there is no material has zero corrosion rate. So every material somehow uh, corroding in some environments, but it depends on the corrosion rate, how fast it is. Also, we need to remember there are uh, corrosion in, in, in a general way, we always consider it as a, as a bad phenomenon. However, in some, uh, in some technologies, corrosion used as a, as a beneficial uh, uh, aspect of phenomenon, for example, in batteries, in machining, they are using the same principles of corrosion. But when that's what in this way, it is uh, corrosion under control. But in the other way that we are talking about it today, it's corrosion when we have no accurate and precise control on it. This makes problems and makes failure. Mm -hmm. um, so when there is corrosion with no control or uh, not completely, there is uh, control. Uh, also, there is not absolute or hundred percent um, effect of corrosion on the failures. Most of the time, this corrosion combined with other um, factors, mainly mechanical, can be heat, temperature, and also can be recently we have become familiar with the biological aspects as well. Uh, so all these will combine. That's one of the reasons why corrosion uh, topic is complicated because of there are different types of corrosion. That's one. And they are combined with other factors, not alone. So it is not only chemical action, can be mechanical and others. And uh, can be also um as i said uh, the other reason that's making corrosion is not very straightforward understanding it is not always going in linear way so there is not always going when the concentration is going higher that means the corrosion rate will become higher sometimes the opposite will become uh, right so this uh, uh, uh and linearity, let's say, of the phenomenon of corrosion makes things more complicated to be understandable for everyone. That's uh, just a little introduction about uh, corrosion in general. Coming back to your question, yes, there are always the early stage failure detection, uh, either by uh, that can be the corrosion is the main factor or can be combined with other uh, there are so many uh, well-known disasters happen due to failures in very high level or in around us. Daily life happens in 
industries and companies. So for example, Titanic in the long term, uh, Discovery Space Shuttle, and the one in the uh, Gulf of Mexico, the Deepwater Water Horizon oil gas. Uh, these similar uh, disasters as well caused big problems, either uh, causing huge uh, human life lost, uh, scientists also like in discovery, uh, they lost their life, also has had a big impact on the environment, uh, caused on the seawater, on animals, um, and the air pollution as well. So detection, the early stage failures help a lot to detect uh, and to prevent these disasters, disasters for in a huge level. And when we talk about this, about early stage, we need to consider uh, there is another point associated with the early stage uh, detection failures, which is in the beginning, uh, during design, uh, material selection is, has a big impact on to avoid this failure. Uh, so as I said, uh, for example, uh, Titanic, let's keep take this as an example uh the the main the main reason that was belonged to the uh, material selection because the material that has been used it was high strength for shipbuilding there is no problem with that the only thing that was at that time wasn't very clear um that some materials, especially steel alloys, will be brittle in very low temperature, like minus 30 degrees centigrade. Mm. So when it's hit any, uh, there's an impact load, suddenly hits a uh, ice stone, for example, the, the absorption, the energy absorption will be very low, so it becomes a part. So this material selection is the, the, the first step to avoid these failures in the service life. Absolutely. And I cannot agree with you more. And we have said it with other other panelists that have come to the podcast as well. Is we can determine the impact of any design, any product, any service at the design stage, uh, almost at a rate of 70 or 80%. So we can know how much harm are we going to do in the long term after service life at the design stage. So that's something absolutely true that we have to, and it's a very powerful tool that we have as engineers, designers. It's, it's something that is readily available. We have done it for years, so we just need to do it in the right way. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you talked about in your in your books and uh, lectures and and investigations you have done. You talked a lot about mechanical failures, so like fatigue, grief, and then how those. And you just gave us an example on how that can lead to catastrophic failures. Um, besides that. What what has some of the, the investigations that you have done concluded on 
identifying the root cause of those failures and then what can be some of the measures that we implement so we don't fail as much. Yes. Um, well, let's focus on these two, which are somehow uh, most of the time uh, associated with corrosion as well, especially fatigue. So fatigue is everywhere, everywhere, same as corrosion. So very difficult to find out a component or an item that's not under cyclic load. So forever, it is under one static level of stress. Very difficult to find. So all scientists and researchers, they agree that most of the failures around us are not necessary as a first factor, but somehow fatigue is involved with around more than 90% of the whole failures around us. So fatigue has a major impact on failures. Uh, sometimes it is pure, pure mechanical cyclic stress. So the fatigue strength uh, becomes uh, lower than the applied stress. So that's fatigue, pure fatigue. And also uh, sometimes uh, associated with the environment, wet environment or chemical solution or temperature. So this combination between corrosion, fatigue and temperature cause uh, faster possibilities to fail. So to prevent that, uh, we design it. That's called design, um, a shaft or any other mechanical components. In design, we need to consider uh, two main factors. And that's also in every type of uh, mechanical aspects of corrosion, uh, not, not necessary with only fatigue. Um, we have two sides, applied, applied, which is external factors. And these external factors can be stress, can be temperature, can be uh, ions, chemical solutions, uh, or any other external factor. So that's in one side. On the other hand, we have the strength, strength of material. So in very simple way, design means that the strength of the component must be higher than the external applied factors or external load. So when the strength of material is higher than the applied load, then it is safe. In general, we call it, it's safe. However, what is the problem? Because in every design we do, uh, I mean, designers, they do, we follow this principle. We calculate that the applied load or the applied stress is lower than the strength of the material. So where is the problem then? Why fail happen? The fail happens because um, there are some uncertainties in different aspects. In lot, so when we say the applied lot is this amount, it is not necessary this applied lot will remain in this level forever. Sometimes it's going up. So there, there is uncertainty. On the other hand, when we say the material has this strength, so the yield strength of this material 
is, let's say, 300 megapascal, <clears throat> not necessary. That's always remain in this. Uh, for some reason, for example, when it is going to high temperature, the yield will become lower. And uh, as I said just now about Titanic, we, we always try to consider the high temperature, but low temperature as a negative impact in some applications. Mm -hmm. So these uncertainties needs to be considered in design. Um, welding is another aspect that when, when we put welding, when we see that the component has welded items, that needs to be because with the welding, the microstructure will be changed. When the microstructure change, the mechanical properties of the material also will be changed maybe in a better way or maybe not. Uh, so this needs to be considered in the right direction. For example, um, in double stainless steel, uh, which is two, two, two phases, ferrite and austenite, uh, in certain temperatures, there are specific phases, for example, sigma phase, chi phase, will be generated, created inside the material. And this has negative impacts on the mechanical properties, especially on corrosion and toughness. So during welding, these phases might be generated inside the material, but we haven't considered that in design, during design, because we we only consider the quantitative aspects, not qualitative. What's the how the microstructure when it is changing its effect on the fatigue strength, the yield strength. So all this design, it's about taking consideration and be aware of all the uncertainties about. Uh, considering all the uncertainties about uh, the uh, during design aspects. Uh, so the, for example, another example that needs to be considered the size. In some, uh, in some components or for example, let's say toughness. Usually we understand that when the, the thickness of the material is becoming larger, the cross section, that means the strength of material uh, becomes at least the same. Uh, but for toughness, the increasing the cross section will lead to reduce the toughness because the possibility of having more defects in the larger cross section is high. So, what I mean here by taking all the uncertainties about different aspects, quantitative, qualitative. If the designer can consider all these, then the, the component will be safe or last for long. Otherwise, if one of these uh, aspects have not been considered in design, this is all will lead to, um, let's say, early failure that was uh, happened, it's happened before the expected time life. So, and that, uh, yeah, 
I, I, it is absolutely true. I mean, it is the aspects that we need to consider are all of them, like you said, quantitative, qualitative, uh, morphology, what could happen if we weld, what could happen if we don't do post-welding treatment, what could happen if they change in operation cycles, if the component will be signed. For example, we have a lot of bits here and then they were designed for sweep service. And then now we are discovering that the more they dig, the more sourness we add into the equation. And that wasn't the case when we designed because we had set parameters uh, for the wells to be uh, sweet instead of sour. So now we have a whole bunch of reassessment to be done downstream to try to calculate how can we check for those failures that were not designed previously for. So absolutely, it, it, we need to take in consideration not only normal operation, but also offset cases as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So. How all those, all these things, mechanical failure, material selection, when we talk about sustainability, and now that you are very close, it, it is close to home, this <laughs> subject, how we can tie that up? We know that obviously if it doesn't fail, then we don't produce all the bioproducts and external things that corrosion or failure comes with. And then we obviously don't degrade and we don't hurt people. Do we not hurt the environment? Most importantly, we don't produce waste unnecessarily. So how can all those things, um, get together in the world, in the big world of sustainability? Yeah. Um, well, for every failure, we can imagine when the, any failure happens, especially in big plants, big companies, and especially where the, the products of that company related somehow to other, um, products, uh, will bring some consequences with it. So there are so many scenarios we can make how, when a failure happens in one of them industry, what are the consequences, uh, will bring to other, uh, to, to the, to the environment, to the, uh, human life, to economy cost, all these things. Uh, and this will be more highlighted when the failure is unexpected. So it is early stage, uh, failure. When we expect that the, for example, uh, turbine blade will last for 20 years but crack happens in two years. This is unexpected, will bring so many consequences to, to the uh, uh, other, other industries and people around. So when, for example, if the tur uh, turbine blade is or producing electricity, let's say, when this is shut down for, for this reason that uh, for unexpected failure in early stage, uh, then uh, some other companies will rely on this uh, electricity. So they will be also 
shutting down or the production will be less. And this will affect on the cost, on the delivery of the customers, and uh, so many other, other uh this might cause legal consequences because of the delivery is late and maybe also will be linked with the insurance with penalties and so on all these things are belong to because unexpected failure happened in early stage so there are ways of that uh, and to avoid that on the other hand when we have uh, coming back to design and uh, designed for sustainable uh, materials. Uh, when we improve uh, the, the 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 components, then durability of the product will increase, will reduce the early failures, uh, will expand or increase the product life span. And enhancing the customer satisfaction about this, uh, about the product, about the company, and also somehow uh, we can link it with the environmental impact as well and cost savings. So there are different scenarios we can make about each uh, uh, failure uh, when we know the specific, what's the specific outcome of the product a type of product of the company. Uh, how is that effect on people, about the cost, about the environment, and the government also, maybe you, will somehow will, affect it, uh, will be affected by this. So to avoid that, to avoid that, uh, there are some advices, there are some procedures we can, a part of the design we mentioned just uh, now, uh, so uh, there is like laboratory works, research, uh, uh, making proper prototype and testing before going to the actual production of the, of the component, uh, analyzing using modeling and simulation. Uh, these are before putting them in the, in the market. So production stage. And when, when the material becomes in the, in service, then inspection, periodic inspection in different ways, uh, that will help to avoid any, um, any sudden, sudden failures. Um, so for example, uh, I had a student worked on one of the, uh, like turbine blades cracked much earlier much earlier than the expected lifetime. Uh, so like 20% of cracked happened in 20% of expected life, which is, which is, uh, for some reason, maybe we, we, we concluded that it was because of the operational, uh, and inappropriate, uh, operational conditions. So this. Uh, when crack happens, when we see crack or somewhere, um, as long as the, the load or the stress or the conditional operations were enough to cause initiation of the crack, then we need to consider this crack will propagate no way and will propagate to fracture. So mm -hmm. 
as long as we see the crack, we need to somehow to stop, if possible, or to start at least to replace, because this crack will propagate definitely uh, unless there is a chance to reduce the load. But if it is going on the same load, on the same stress that uh, the crack was initiated by it, then uh, there's it is not safe to continue with that uh, level of stress. So, as I said, there are so many scenarios. Depends on uh, the, the the product, the company, uh, the industry, how this can impact on the uh, cost, on the environment, and uh, the government. Absolutely, and and everything makes so much sense. It is. When we do the risk assessments, um, then we determine what could go wrong. But normally, when we do that, we do it with certain uh, um, parameters in mind. What I'm hearing that you're saying and what I have been saying too is we have already tools that can help us simulate what could happen if. So the what if scenarios. What if the load is not that? What if the load is that? What if we cannot get the temperature under control? What if the operator doesn't open the valve? What if so? All those, <clears throat> and we normally will check on those aspects uh, when we do HACCPs and LOPAs and all those exercises in production sites, but it is at the design stage, we could add some more of those uh, kind of tools that we have already in hand and will enhance the life cycle assessment for that particular element or uh, part or component or whole equipment. So it is, it is nothing that we don't know or we don't have it's nothing that we have invented or we don't know how to do we have it it's in our hands we just need to use it for our benefit exactly when as you said the uh, corrosion and failure analysis is transdisciplinary uh, mm -hmm. uh, concept so as Teamwork always is good. Everyone will cover part of it to to understand, to realize the expected uh, failures might happen. And this can be considered during design, during material selection, manufacturing, and environmental aspects. All these, when it is combined, then sustainable design can be achieved. For sure, for sure, absolutely. And I think we'll, we'll have some of that, um, like we are getting more and more aware of that aspect. And I have said it many, many times is we have the tools in hand. We don't have to invent anything. We just have to use what we have in hand at the right moment. So we don't get surprises when we don't need to. So talking about all these, and I know some people will argue that then how much 
engineering time will add or how much will put extra into into that estate to make it as sustainable so what do you think is the balance because you have worked a lot on that so what do you think is the balance or how you or can you give us an example maybe of any time that you have achieved this balance by introduction introducing design modifications but then getting improvements in the process yeah well about this balance um i think the best example is can be a car industry or any transportation means airplane trains where we there is on one hand we need lightweight um to save energy at the same time we need high strength and durable components so this balance for engineers is uh, always the challenge uh using fuel instead of the cost that also has a big impact on the environment so always trying to reduce the amount of the fuel and reducing the amount of fuel can be done as a direct concept by reducing the weight of the components both for example using less density material in uh, manufacturing this um, components. Um, this can be done through uh, using different technologies of, for example, nowadays very uh, 3D printing is very common uh, to use different materials for specific shapes. So that's uh, one or can be done through, uh, for example, um different materials that have high strength but at the same time um, um has low density uh also manufacturing process using specific types of coatings for example uh, nanotechnology putting uh, other elements uh alloying uh or foam technology uh, cellular uh, structures. All these types of new technologies that are uh, uh, associated with high strength of the material but low weight somehow somehow can make this balance happen. Um, however, these things are still under research and needs to be improved um but that's the concept of how this balance can be um achieved uh so for example um if we talk if we bring it back to the failure uh we said that welding one of the reasons that accelerate uh failures in many in many components but if we if the designer tried to replace welding by other technologies, for example, 
uh, 3D printing. Uh, I'm considering all the metallurgical aspects that associate with this remelting process. Uh, that somehow can improve the product and bringing the required strength for the material. Um, so, um, other way that if it is complicated shape, for example, um, if we don't want to remelt the material due to this change of the microstructure, there are other aspects of, let's say, powder technology uh, where the material still not be melted, but will take the shape. So this type of things about manufacturing and selection of material and the way of processing, these ways can make, uh, uh, can lead somehow to get the right, the right uh, material with certain level of strength. Uh, but at the same time, it is with uh, low density or uh, lightweight. That's a great example. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the aviation industry, the car industry, they have to be creative. And then because they have to make the balance between many aspects. And uh, it, is, it is really right at the design stage and the manufacturing where they can be exploring all that creativity and then um, seek like you said, 3D printing, and we had one panelist that she's she's from um, UAE, and she one of the main products of her company is uh, car parts. So it is, I immediately made the connection. So becoming more creative, but also having the right person in the team, is what I hear that is key component of this process for it to work so we need to have people that understand and then multiple disciplines like you referred to before so we can bring ideas and then the more diverse team so we are talking about all the sustainable development goals here having diversity on the table uh, bringing new ideas uh, collaboration and then making things uh, sustained in the long run by looking at what could be wrong before it gets to that point. That's the target, exactly. Yeah. I, I have, I mean, our discussion is super interesting. We are almost at the end of the time here. Um, do you have any message for the audience that is listening to us? Well, it's all about at the these days, all the world suffering from the depletion of resources, and these resources can be uh, metal ores, or water, or air, clean air. So all these have led to think about sustainability has become very active at the moment. How? How we, how we should use the material to last for long. 
and not affecting the environment in the bad way. So this is all about coming back to which type of material we need to use, how do you use it, which technology to can be used uh, in the uh, in the least amount of material to cover the requirement and how to design. All these will lead to have a sustainable material or to be used in a sustainable way. To reach that point, uh, work team, uh, multidisciplinary works, research are necessary to be done. So it's difficult for one person to cover all these aspects from biological environment, mechanical corrosion, material selection, difficult. So it is always good to have, uh, to give it a proper time to link it with other uh, sections as well, those sectors. For example, government, NGOs, companies, all these to be involved to achieve this sustainability, which is uh, SDG 17, which is partnership that's important to, to be always on the table. Uh, not only universities or academics or industries can be linked. Uh, other aspects at that time, then proper regulations needs to be uh, taken place uh, to guarantee that the sustainability and the protection of resources will be uh, achieved. Absolutely. I could have not closed it in a better way. You have done it perfect. We need all to be together in this. And uh, we need to pull the, pull the little chart in the same way. Otherwise, it, it won't be successful at doing what we are supposed to be doing. Thank you very much for coming into the podcast. Um, it was a real pleasure to have you with us today. And I hope we'll have another opportunity to keep on discussing and then sharing many things. And um, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Halvan, for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, sure. We will continue. For sure. Thank you so much for the audience for always being here. And I say to you, uh, stay tuned. We'll have another panelist in a couple of weeks. And um, with that, I say goodbye. And my name is Monica Hernandez, who's host uh, for the Material Business Podcast with Infinity Growth. Thank you. <laughs>